What's up, everybody? Welcome to the S3 Magazine podcast. I am Wooly. The dude in the collared shirt is Mike Sanders. Um, before we start, um, I wanted to briefly give you guys an update. That app that we've been talking about at the end of the last couple podcasts, promising that it's about to come out. Dude, it just dropped today, guys. Um, so literally brand new. Please go on, what is it? It's the Apple whatever, you know, App Store. You can get it right now. It's S3 Magazine. Um, if you have an Android, it might be another two days because it's literally just kind of filling in. Um, so give it a couple days. But guys, please go check that out. And please let us know what you think. Like, honestly, like we're print magazine guys. We are not app developers you know so like please let us know what you like let us know if you, if there's things that you don't like let us know if it loads slow or if it's doing okay just let us know freaking anything i guess since i don't know let us know anywhere you can if you're watching this on youtube let us know in the comments there if you're watching it somewhere else just let us know on on freaking our social media you can email me at jwoolly at s3mag.com that's j W-O-O-L-E-Y at the letter S, number three, M-A-G dot com. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you guys would check it out. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're doing, like these podcasts are on there. We have a section for that. We have a section for all the random videos, like the well-done edited videos, as well as just the talking into a cell phone videos. We have, um, you know, the, the hot boy feature cars. We've got uh, car reviews, like new car reviews. We've got event coverage. We've got the news and the hot topics. And as always, the news is going to be from the bias or from the point of view of car enthusiasts. We feel like that's important. Um, somebody needs to try and save the fun cars. Anyway, um, what are we talking about today? Do we, do we have a topic or are we just winging it? You wrote, uh, I think, one or two articles today about more insane dealer markups here they are in the news again. I, I really hate rehashing topics that we've already gone over, but it's just becoming, oh my God, man, dealers just freaking suck. And you know what? In my last video, I defended them because I really thought that, you know, this is the way it is. This is the way our automotive industry works. Dealers really need to be around. But Jesus, you guys cannot stop stepping on your own dick. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just absolutely insane how much you guys dealers you guys screw this up i mean please Wooly, you wrote the articles today it hurt my brain just to read the numbers what were those markups you were looking at on the zeos uh, and the uh, new nissan first, z first of all deal <laughs> dear dealerships please realize that social media is a thing now and when you start fucking people over it's gonna go on social media i mean what have we seen in the last month you know that there was that whole eight six fiasco over the freaking warranty issue. Um, and like you said, we've been talking about the, these dealership markups and the price adjustments are nothing new, but all of a sudden two hit at one time, one on the Z06, one on the new Nissan Z that's just dropping. And so I think with the two together, it has just kind of gotten people all in a tizzy. Um, so let me see. Uh, it looks like, oh, the Z06, somebody put his little order in for they're charging $90,000 over now. But it looks like this letter is kind of like a, it says, in order to place a 2023 Corvette Z06 delivery order, uh, this particular dealership, Mack Hike, H-A-I-K, 
Um, Chevrolet requires a $6,000 non-refundable deposit. Um, and then they say the vehicle, when it comes in, will be sold for $90,000 over MSRP. Uh, let me click on this. I think that makes that close to a $200,000 car, if not a tad over. Uh, you're, you're, okay. you're, talking about, you're talking about exotic sports car pricing. Yes. And in the Z06, just to give it the benefit of the doubt, that is a true flagship, true halo car. And maybe some price adjustment might be in order as the car's first drop. And when I say some, I mean like 10,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at the most. Um, it, here, let me just go on while I've got this in front of me. So that's the Z06 and then the Nissan Z, which let's preface this by saying this is the everyday man's everyday sports car. This is not an Enzo. This is not even a Z06. This is not even a GTR. This is not a GT3 RS. This is not, this is not one of those type of cars. This should be one that you go in and buy. Um, this particular dealership, uh, I don't know who this is that did it, but the car is $54,900, seems kind of fair. Um, adjusted market value, an additional $73,881, over 100%, making your grand total for a Nissan 300ZX, <laughs> or a Nissan Z, $129,000. $991. How can the markup be higher than the fucking MSRP? The dealer is pocketing more than what the manufacturer would charge in For general. The the entire entire car. Car. That's profit. That's, yeah. dude, Nissan needs to yank their dealer license immediately. I mean, I, I don't see any any justification for going that extreme with this car. Um, that, 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 that's supposed to be an entry-level semi-sports car. That's supposed to be the car that, like, college kids and, I guess, high school kids from wealthier families are supposed to be buying as their first car to go to school in or to start life in and to get into modifying cars and, and racing like that is supposed to be a young person's car what the hell young person yeah. is going to spend over a hundred thousand dollars on a nissan that's the car you get when you're out of college you like you get your first quote real job or whatever but you don't have kids and <laughs> you're not you're probably not married like this is a youthful sports car you know it's not it's not what you're buying after you retire necessarily. It's it, it's for a younger enthusiast. Um, and, and to price that thing at what was it? A total of $129,000, come on. I mean, come on, dude, like this is just the age of the influencer because the only person that's gonna buy that is somebody that's so hell bent on their image and what this, they think that this car is gonna do for their image, which by the way, is not much. It's a Nissan Z. It might be special for a couple of months, but as they start to filter in, it's going to be another Nissan Z. I don't know if you guys noticed, Nissan makes a shit pile of these things. Um, and that's just the world that we're living now, is people are so 
consumed with their own ego and their own whatever, like self-image, what they think people think of them. Everybody thinks that they're walking around being a goddamn influencer or that spending $130,000 on a Nissan Z is going to start their YouTube channel. Or you have the aftermarket companies that are all just like taking it up the tailpipe because they got to try and be first to market with, with, you know, parts, or they think that, you know, them getting the car will bring people to their pages, you know, and it's just, this whole freaking thing is just off the rails at this point. I like the, the biggest problem is we'll look back and say, damn, this was one of the main reasons that the Z died mm -hmm. because what'll happen is a couple of years from now, Nissan will look at this and go, man, those cars just didn't really sell that well. Well, because you were selling them for the wrong price. This dealership is literally selling that vehicle for three times more than what it should actually be selling for. But they're going to look at it and say, oh, the car didn't sell very well because you guys freaking held them hostage. I mean, it's, it's like th that dealer's being a total douchebag and is screwing everything up. But at the same time, I blame Nissan for not stepping in and manning up and doing something about it. Yank that dealer's license, man. Say that that shit does not fly and you cannot be a Nissan dealer. You cannot ever have a Z if you're gonna pull shit like that. Yeah, I mean, what what I said in my, in my post, just to briefly summarize, I said, you know, generally dealerships are in a tough spot right now and I can appreciate that. I understand that they don't have inventory to sell. We get that, okay, so fair enough. But I said there's a fine line between supply and demand and holding cars hostage. And this is to that point. This, and they're, they're simultaneously killing the interest. Um, people, and I've been seeing posts from the Z page that I'm on, people that have original 240Zs that had deposits on this car, dealers are calling them and saying, I know you had a deposit, but now we're going to charge you more to get your car. And they're telling them to go take a fucking walk. And so, like, it's killing the interest in the car that had a lot of interest. Um, enthusiasts are going other places. We're seeing that. You know, we're holding on to our old stuff. Like, you know, enthusiasts aren't going to tolerate this shit. Like I said, you have the YouTubers and the uh, low self-esteem people that are buying these things. But, like, the average car enthusiast is not going to tolerate this shit. Um, you know, I kind of finished up by saying some people have money to blow. I get it. You know, I got it. Yeah, they're free to blow their money. You know, it's supply and demand. I said, but buying a car with these kinds of markups is a sign of the world that you just willingly and eagerly bent yourself over. Like, I promise you, it's not giving you the impression that you think it's giving you. People are thinking that you're just weak as hell. I don't understand how you can, maybe because I'm not filthy rich, I don't get the mentality. But to go in there and have a dealership go, this $40,000 car is going to cost you $90,000. Like, I don't care how much money I have. You can fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, how about I go buy a $90,000 car for $90,000? You chump. You know what I mean? Like, this yep. is just, mm, it's greed. And you're absolutely right. It, If unchecked, it's going to kill at least the enthusiast part of this automotive industry. I've got a, a Facebook buddy, Jacob. Um, yeah, I don't feel like looking for it right now, but I'll basically try and summarize. He was more or less like, look, you got two options. You guys keep the dealers the way that it is right now. The dealers are putting these insanely greedy markups on halo cars, on desirable enthusiast cars. 
and people aren't paying it. So he's like, what you're going to see is companies like Nissan go, guess there's no demand for the 400Z because they don't necessarily know what's going on at every dealership. They're just looking at sales numbers and saying our Altima's sold this many and the Z only sold this many. Well, yeah, because Altima's are a dime a dozen and they're marking up Z's. But what, you know, what my buddy Jacob's saying is you either keep the dealers and very, very potentially lose a, what little fun cars we have left, he said, or you call it what it is and you scrap the dealer model at this point and you let the manufacturers sell online direct to customers. The customers will be able to order the car that they want in the trim that they want for MSRP. There's not going to be any freaking games, but then you don't have dealers anymore. See, I, I do think there is an in-between. I do think it's time for the manufacturers to put their foot down and just get rid of a ton of dealers and it'll increase, you know, their overhead, but um, manufacturer owned dealerships. You don't need to go as extravagant as the huge dealerships that are out there that you see nowadays. They basically, for the most part, need to be service centers with a couple of salespeople because while me and you, we don't want to do it, but we could absolutely sit in front of a computer screen and figure out exactly what trim package and motor and transmission and color and everything that we want in a car and ordered it if we wanted to. I don't like doing it that route, but I could absolutely do it. A lot of people can't. A lot of people literally can't name the makes and models of the mm -hmm. cars that they might even be interested in. That person needs someone to put their arm around them and say, let me show you. And that's where those service centers, dealerships, whatever you want to call them, manufacturer-owned facilities would really come into play. You would have, uh, you, may, you, you maybe wouldn't even need a lot, of, a lot full of cars, but you would definitely need to have service and you would definitely need to have uh, the new models sitting out there so that people can see them just to kind of give them a better idea of what they're buying. You got to remember this is the, I mean, buying a car is the second most expensive investment that most people make in their lifetime. So it's something that has to have a lot of careful consideration, just seeing something online and going, Oh, looks great. $80,000 buy now. That's not re very realistic for a lot of people. So I do think that some form of dealership needs to happen, but dealers, I don't know if these guys have been watching too much uh, too much crypto YouTube videos or what's going on, but they're all just greedy as shit right now. And it's ridiculous. Too much boiler room. <laughs> I think they're all a bunch of badasses. I had a thought, follow me here on this and tell me if it's a good one. What if you had a factory owned, you know, a manufacturer owned dealership? So Ford would own a Ford dealership. It would essentially be a showroom, a smaller one, like you're talking about um that has key models in it so you know one key model or one key version of every model um a service center like you mentioned but then behind it a freaking warehouse a hub where there's a lot of cars and you put you know put them regionally in bigger cities or whatever like that because the reason i mentioned that is and i know i'm i'm an enthusiast and that makes me passionate about the car buying experience which I know a lot of regular people aren't. I think a lot of regular people, and I had a friend kind of mention this on a comment, they just, they're not passionate about cars, so they tend to go online, they compare the specs, because you can see everything that you need to compare online now. So they're comparing a Ford to a Chevy to a Honda to a Toyota, they make their decision, they're done, because it's essentially an appliance for them. Uh, for us, it's much, much, much more personal. I, I made the point that for me, I want to go to a dealership, 
I want to feel the car, like for lack of a, I know this sounds corny, but feel the vibe of the car. And not only do I want to drive it, but I want to sit in it and I want to see if it like, yeah, I need this, you know? I want to, as dumb as this sounds, I want to become friends with the salesperson. Like I'm looking for literally a friendship and a relationship there that's going to go beyond that one car, but for future cars. Uh, I think the last four cars I've bought, like we're Facebook buddies now, or like real life buddies, you know? Um, and I want the illusion of a deal. I want a deal. I want a real life deal. But I want that window of opportunity that you get when you're looking at the exact car that you're going to buy. When it's there in front of you and somebody else could come and buy it if you leave. You know what I mean? Like there's that window of opportunity that's like, man, this car's here right now. They want to sell it. They're giving me a good price. They're giving me good financing. You, it's like a do or die thing. Online, you don't get that. You can always push it off until tomorrow. So the reason I mentioned putting a warehouse at the back of these things is because you still get you still get a salesperson that you can talk cars mm-hmm. with and bond with, and you know you kind of get the vibe that you want to buy the car from that person. And then he goes, "I got a green Mustang in the back. I'm pretty sure. Let me go back and check. It's a 2022. We're about to drop the prices on them, but I might be able to do something right now. You know, they're not supposed to drop. And then you get that feeling of like." all right, all right, we're like the wheels are in motion. Let's talk, you know? I think for a lot of people, and I could be wrong, man, because I am not a technology guy. I just think that having the the candy in front of you, you know, is just so much more enticing than a, a car manufacturer trying to sell a car online. And it's like you said, if you had salespeople, to bring you in to explain why that car is better than whatever competition you're looking at and to kind of say, look, I'm here for you. Like, I want to help you make this purchase choice. Here's kind of what we have that we can do. You know, I just think that would go a long way to help people because, yeah, it's a bigger purchase than add to cart. I don't I don't I still don't understand how, you know, the the next generation, the EV generation and the, the guys that don't really like to talk to people that would rather do it online. I don't understand how they're ordering cars online. Like what makes you go, today's the day that I'm going to go order the Tesla that I'm not going to get for five months. You know, like how do you, how do you do that? That's too big of a purchase to not get involved. It would be like ordering a fucking puppy online. And I'm sure people do that too, but don't you want to see the puppies and like, One's going to come to you, you know, and you're going to have that bond. Like, I, it's just not me. I, it's, it can be other people, but I do think that dealerships, as we know them, have, or maybe we're seeing it right in front of our eyes, have run their course. Like, this is not working. It's, it, it is pissing people off. And that's the last thing that the manufacturer, that the Ford or the GM or the Honda wants, is for people to get pissed off at their entire brand. I got another person right here. Um, my buddy Tom, he has been a lifelong, he's probably in his earlier 40s, he's been a lifelong Honda guy. And he was like, I absolutely wanted and would have a Type R right now. He's got a bunch of old hatches and some old Miatas. He was like, but the dealership was playing games and it pissed me off. And I went with cash and bought a new Miata uh, RF or whatever they call it, you know, with the big Brembo brakes and all that stuff. He was like, kind of half out of spite. You know, he's like, and Honda lost a, a literally a two-decade brand ambassador 
over this shit, over the greedy dealers. You know, it's not even anything Honda did. He's like, I want the car, but he's like, I just don't want it like that. I don't want to get railed to buy, you know, an affordable dream car. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's 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 ugly, man. It freaking sucks. What's what's happening out there right now? It's not good. The question is, I was watching somebody on YouTube. And I'm going off memory here, and and I don't really know what his qualifications were, but he seemed smart, so he sold me on it. Um, but he was talking about, uh, you know, they're seeing that the bubble is absolutely going to burst on this stuff in the next six to, you know, 10 months or so. Um, according to all the data that's coming in, it's already happening. If you guys watch car prices, like, it is already happening. We're seeing you know, not the Z06 or the Z, but the regular F-150s maybe are starting to level off a little bit and at least not keep going up. Uh, used car prices might have plateaued and just maybe going down a little as if dealers are trying to move the ones that they have. Um, but on top of that, I think in July or, or literally like as we're talking, like the month of August, like I don't remember the exact number, but there is becoming an alarming amount of people that are defaulting on payments. And this is the stimulus buyers. These are the guys that bought a car with money that was kind of just given to them, you know, for a down payment through the stimulus. They bought cars that were at, at all-time highs and in a lot of cases were getting marked up. And now those hens are coming home to roost, man. And <clears throat> these guys are realizing... Another thing that this YouTuber was saying is, for some reason, banks are giving more than MSRP, which should not be happening for these cars. What's up? Well, they're doing the same thing for the, for mortgages and houses, too. The fact is, I mean, it, it's, it's all about making money. Most of the people who give these loans, they're trying to meet quotas, or some of them, depending on what their, stru their structure is, get paid commission based on how much money they loan out and how many of these deals they're able to close. You can't go back whenever a salesman sells something for an astounding price and go, hey, uh, we're not going to cover that. You just freaking cover it. And then everybody moves on and becomes richer in the process. And that is capitalism works really, really well until it gets to that point. And that is what if you go back and look through history, that is what really caused the big 2007, 2008 market crash. Uh, for that, for then it was mostly the housing market, not so much the cars, but it was houses selling for way more than they were supposed to, people losing their jobs and uh, not paying for those anymore. And then all of a sudden you got to think about it. If you're the bank that did that, now you're the bank that they, they defaulted on it. So now you own this house that they owe $200,000 $200, more than what it's actually valued, like in a true valuation at. And that's one thing I think is, is going to happen is really bad. Like I've been seeing the houses in my neighborhood and around my area selling. They're not worth what people are paying for them at all. And on top of that, now the people that are buying them are paying like five, six, seven percent interest mm -hmm. on mortgages which is getting way up there to make these mortgage, you know, monthly payments even higher. And when your payments get higher and you get stretched thinner, man, let's say you're a salesperson. Maybe you don't lose your job. You keep your job, but your sales are down. And all of a sudden you're not bringing in that big fat commission check anymore. First thing you're probably going to do is walk away from those big new purchases and the bank's going to have to eat that. And when the bank eats it, 
they either go out of business or else the Federal Reserve has to come in and swoop in and save the day. At the end of the day, somebody's got to eat that bill. Always. Somebody always has to eat the bill. And that's what creates the recession that we're heading into right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. It's happening now. Like the dominoes are falling. It's mm. just that enough haven't fallen for people to be freaking paying attention. But these people that bought cars at peak values, they're underwater. So yeah. the second they start getting stressed financially, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you have a car that you spent $60,000 on that you owe $58,000 on and it's worth thirty? dollars yeah. Your options are gone. You walk away or else you're underwater for a really long time. And that's what this guy on YouTube was saying is, all this stuff is about to come to a head at one time. You're gonna have a lot of defaulted loans. You're gonna have the infamous chip shortage all of a sudden starting to work itself out. So all these cars that have been sitting in fields for two years are gonna start coming back to market. Um, you know, it's gonna drive the price down on new cars, which is gonna make the price go down on the older car, the used cars. It's about to all change. His advice is if you don't have to buy a car right now, absolutely wait. Just hold out, you know, and, mm -hmm. and get these prices down. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't, you know, I don't know what the answer is for the dealers. I'm kind of on you and me's little idea. You know, manufacture your own dealerships with a warehouse. So that way you have, you know, different inventory in different regions of the country. You I mean, if you think about it, it's the logical way to do it. Like, Ford and all these other automotive manufacturers, the reason that they made dealers to begin with is because it was an expensive thing. They didn't know how to sell these cars and how to have presence. And, and this is when they were much smaller companies when they first started the dealer network. And it made sense. It was a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back situation. Well, now the, the dealers have gotten greedy and they're way out over their skis and they're out of line. And at this point, Ford and the rest of the manufacturers are big enough to where they can pull the rug right out from under them if they want to. For some reason, they're not doing it, though. That's the part I don't really understand. Right. I know there are a lot of laws and stuff like that that protects dealers. But at the end of the day, if you are Ford or BMW, Nissan, whoever, you got to protect your brand first and foremost. And if that means holding out cars until a dealership literally starves to death because they, you know, stepped on your tail too much. So be it. But you got to do something to protect your brand and your pricing and your car sales. And right now you're letting, you're letting the inmates, you know, run the asylum and it's not working. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, here's the hoping that somebody does something. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, we can all point fingers, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not working. You would think it would be on the dealers and the manufacturers to figure this out together. That should be the way that capitalism works, right? Like, we want to mm -hmm. sell the most cars to the most people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know, man. Here's the hoping they figure it out soon because there's not a lot of fun, enthusiast, spirited cars left. And there's damn sure going to be fewer if the people that want to buy these cars can't buy them. Yeah, I agree. 100% agree. we got to fix it. Before I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about it while we were recording or if it's something that we talked about right before, you know. But one of these big problems here is the price of the cars are getting elevated to the next segment of cars. 
a, a, a Z is now costing damn near as much as a 911. You know what I mean? Like that that's ridiculous. And then you have cars like the 86 that should be the entry point for people to get into a fun car that are moving right out of the entry point into the next level and leaving a void in the entry point. You know, like there's nothing there. It's just, this can't, they, they got to figure this shit out, man. They just have to figure it out. You know, whatever. We can figure out for them, but damn it. <laughs> like somebody's going to have to pay us at some point. Um, all right. Well, uh, shoot, I guess uh, thanks for listening. Um, again, the app, please, guys, please uh, check out the app. Let us know what you think. Um, we're stoked about it. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, as always, um, Jonathan Woolley from S3 Magazine. That is Mike Sanders from S3 Magazine. Uh, hope you're enjoying this stuff, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.